0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back to your favorite Gundam podcast, Colony Drop. My name is Isaac.
1: And my name is Brian, and this is a podcast where we talk about anything and everything related to the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise, from the anime to the movies to the model kits to the clothes to the food to the live-action movie, Isaac. Absolutely right. And that will
0: actually be our topic today, the live-action movie, or should I say, the live-action streaming feature?
1: Ooh. So let me paint you a picture, Isaac. So I get to work on I think Monday morning, oh. and I'm doing my work, and I'm already like in a bad mood because it's Monday morning. Of I think course. it was Monday. Was it Monday
0: when this happened? At this point in in corporate America, every day's the same. <laughs> That's true. You just it just rolls right it's, on over. Every day is sad day. <laughs> in our wage slave lives. <laughs>
1: yep. So uh, I'm, I'm scrolling through my emails that I get over the weekend. Uh, what's wrong with people? <laughs> and one of our listeners, Snood Master K, sends me a message saying, Hey, did you see that, that Legendary is teaming with Netflix now for the Gundam movie? And, and I was like, Oh, no. Now I got a whole new set of problems to deal with. <laughs> so I go read this article. And, uh, yeah, why don't you tell us the news, Isaac? Okay.
0: As you may have known, friends... The Gundam production was somewhat halted recently. For those of you who are just tuning in recently, there was a live-action Gundam movie announced years ago. Perhaps two, I think, by now, Brian? And back in, yeah.
1: uh, Back in 2018.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, so it's been in the works for a while now. Sort of development hell, I suppose. We had no details about what it'd be like or anything like that. We just knew it was slowly moving forward. And then, bam, 2020, pandemic hit the world ground to a halt, and most especially Hollywood and the entertainment industry ground to a halt, because obviously it's difficult to film scenes and such when you're uh, not able to get in close proximity. So Brian and I had a previous episode where we more or less assumed the project was dead in the water, and for all intents and purposes, unless we heard anything, that was the end of it. Guess what? We heard something. The Gundam movie will be going forward, and it'll be a live-action film appearing on netflix
1: that's a bombshell isaac that's a bombshell this i mean
0: this is like having a car in park and then you know you i don't know you go from zero to 90 (laughs) (laughs) through the other cars in the parking (laughs) lot
1: yep you know immediate implications of that number one this means that basically this is probably going to be a exclusively streaming movie on netflix i mean maybe they'll do like a limited theatrical release like what they've done in the past for some like award qualifications. I would not imagine this being a a wide release. Would you, Isaac?
0: No, it's funny. You mention that though, because according to a news website, I was reading, it's actually going to be viewable or released in theaters. I should say in China.
1: (laughs) What does Netflix even exist in China? I don't think Netflix exists in China. Uh,
0: Maybe not. Well, I'm sure that, you know, the, (laughs) the Chinese government, (laughs) Has ensured that only a streaming service approved
1: by them would be allowed to operate business. But <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Netflix, Netflix is not available in China. That's why.
0: Yeah, but they're saying it'll be released in theaters.
1: Yeah, it's just just so everyone knows, most foreign governments have strict uh, regulations about who can own media companies in their countries. So people like Netflix, they they may not be quite as freely able to operate in such an environment. And they're clearly they're. not because they're not. There is no Netflix in China, or at least not legally. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully it's in Japan because there must be a ton of Japanese fans, right? I don't know. Is there a Netflix? Yeah. Well. Japan? Y-
1: yeah. I'm sure there's a Netflix in Japan. There. I would say that's a media friendly environment. <laughs> They'll pirate this movie when it comes out. <laughs>
0: uh, so yeah, it looks like it's actually in the works now, listeners. This movie, it's going to be happening. It's going to be available on uh, on Netflix and. Uh, I have mixed feelings about it, Brian. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm... Let me back up a bit. (laughs) As anime fans well know, there's a great series called Death Note, and unfortunately, Netflix decided to make a live-action version of it, and it was not great, I must say. I'm (laughs) fearful the same thing will happen to this Gundam movie, Brian.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not an unreasonable fear, I don't think, um... I think there's things to be fearful of, and I think there's a lot to be hopeful for. Uh, yeah. What do you want? To th- what, what should I talk about first, the fearful or the hopeful? The hopeful. Let's, the hopeful. Let's start
0: with the hopeful note before we go into the the valley of darkness.
1: <laughs> okay. So the hopeful are the writer and, the, and now the director. So one thing that was announced in 2018, which has, has stayed true through to the new announcement this week, is that Brian K. Vaughn is still the writer. And we've talked about him on previous podcasts, but he's uh, an excellent comic book writer. He's written *Ride the Last Man, Saga, Ex Machina, uh, Runaways. Um, just He's won a bunch of awards. I personally read a bunch of his stuff. It's very good. Highly recommend you go check it out. So you really can't ask for a, a better writer um, to get chosen to adapt your property. Now, whether or not he does a good job, I don't know. Obviously, the movie doesn't exist. But from a theoretical standpoint, they chose someone great. So good. Writer's good. Now, before we didn't have a director, but in in conjunction with the new announcement with Netflix, that director was named, and his name is Jordan Vogt Roberts. He directed Kong Skull Island as well as The Kings of Summer. He was also currently working on the Metal Gear Solid film. Wow! From <laughs> what I can tell from him, uh, he seems to be a pretty good choice for the job. I've I have seen Kong Skull Island, which I enjoyed. Uh, I've not seen Kings of Summer, but I see a lot of good reviews for that, so maybe I'll go check it out. I don't know. Have you seen Kings of Summer, Isaac?
0: No, I haven't. And I didn't see Kong Skull Island. But, I mean, a Metal Gear Solid movie sounds really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, and Why the Last Man was incredible. So, I'm pretty optimistic, at least with the writing and maybe how the directing will go. But the finished product, it's so up in the air. I have no idea what we're actually going to get. I don't even know if this is going to be like recognizable Gundam to fans you know we don't even know if it's going to
1: be in the UC 100% I agree and so but that's why I think I'm staking my hopes on the writer and the director because I already know the writer's good and so then I started looking into the director you know I started looking through his uh tweets like like some you know dirty fan (laughs) so his his tweet he describes himself this way that he views the world through an anime tinted lens and thinks in language of video games I was like, okay, all right. I was like, huh. Gundam seems appropriate for you then. Um, and then I think there's two two things that I really liked about him. One, at the Godzilla vs. Kong premiere, which notably happened before this announcement went out, so this this probably means that he's he's been chosen for a while, he wore a jacket with a Tekken logo on it. How about that, Isaac? I mean,
0: <laughs> could this be a nod that he's going to make iron-blooded orphans the movie
1: <laughs> i don't know maybe but and then a I'm few days though b- no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably not uh and then a few days before the announcement went out he retweeted an article commemorating the initial air date of mobile suit gundam uh, 79 airing uh, in japan which was april 7th as well as a picture of a zaku holding kong's axe from kong skull island it was kind of like a meme kind of thing where the Zaku was holding the axe and then down below the caption was, now I can finally beat the Gundam. And I thought, (laughs) oh, you know what? I think this guy gets it. I think he might be a real fan. Um, So then I went and watched one or two interviews with him. And, uh, I mean, he seems like a, you know, legit anime fan. Seems like a talented guy. So out of all the people they could have chose, I think he's probably a good choice. Kongskull Island, he has experience doing large-scale battles he seems to be a fan of the property he's paired with a great writer I think the chance for a good story is there okay I, I agree
0: I'm just not sure I, I'm trying to think like does the preponderance of data support this like the majority of live action anime movies that we've seen are they actually
1: good no no they're not. I can not I can't name a good one I've not seen death note, but I mean, I I've seen trailers and things of other, you know, live action anime movies. Um, and there's never been one where I, I saw the trailer or, or really anything about it. And I was like, yeah, I really, I really want to watch that. That doesn't mean it can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's just, I don't know. I, I may,
0: I'm preparing myself. I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's probably not going to be good. Just don't even be excited now, <laughs> <laughs> but I do want it to succeed. Cause I can imagine if it does succeed, Maybe Netflix will say, all right, we'll do a sequel and then a, th- a threequel and then et cetera,
1: you know? Yeah, agree. So it's interesting that you, you bring up the whole, you know, anime live-action films are bad because if, if you read all the comments on the, the announcement, there's, I mean, I haven't read them in a few days, but initially the first day or two, the reactions to the announcement were sort of mixed because on the one hand you had pretty much everyone saying, like if you, if you, if you go look at the articles where... Uh, netflix is saying it or or where the article is is hyping that net that the film will be on netflix all the all the comments are very like oh god not another live-action anime on netflix it's gonna be terrible don't you dare ruin this blah 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 blah. like what (laughs) there's a lot of funny tweets i i saved them thinking i could read them on this podcast but now i don't know where i put them but you know people were saying things like (laughs) what did i do like good guy like uh... you know omro doesn't deserve this or what did we do to deserve this (laughs) But then, if you read all the comments on the articles that are more toned after talking about the director, people are very positive. They're like, "Hell yeah!" Like, you know, this guy's great. You know, we love it. So it really depends. Do you think that Netflix is going to have the hand in making the movie, or is it going to be the director? Every movie is different. Um, studio involvement varies depending on the film. You know, I don't really know much about the the Death Note movie's production, but Netflix made, maybe they just bought it and someone else made it, right? So they could have had nothing to do with it. They could have just said, okay, well, here's some money. And I don't even know if they, you know, own the movie. They they could be licensing it from someone else for all I know. Hmm. But, you know, someone could have came to them and said, hey, do you want to buy a Death Death Note movie? And they could have said, sure. And then maybe the movie sucked. And that's not their fault for the movie sucking. They made a good decision to say yes to a Death Note movie, because who wouldn't say yes to a Death Note movie? Right. And Netflix is saying yes to pretty much every anime property. They're working on Cowboy Bebop. They're working on a One Piece series, live action series, which I think wow. is like a, a weird idea. Isn't there a Bleach movie? Just everything under the sun. I'm pretty sure they, they just announced not too long ago they're going to make a Yu Yu Hakusho, either movie or series <laughs> or something. So they're just, you know, of course all, all these streaming companies, they just want content. So if it's, if it's successful, they're going to, you know, put it into live action, just how Disney does, you know, with, with all of its... Just remake all of it, this animated movies into into live action. People are like, Oh, I like that movie, so I'll like this one, so they go watch it. So I you know, I think the main fear is exactly what you're talking about, that just past adaptations, maybe not great.
0: Yeah, I I'll adjust my opinion. I'll say I'm cautiously optimistic, which might be the most predictable response for an upcoming gun in the movie. But let me just say based on the weight of the writer and the director, I am optimistic that they'll do well, but I'll be cautious also just based on how bland to mediocre to bad live-action anime movies have been. You know, the story won't be a, a complete rematch or a re- retelling, I should say, of the one-year war, you know, regular Mobile Suit Gundam 79 I kind of want them to at this point, maybe just think of something different, you know, maybe tell his own story if he's a fan. I'm sure he's got a few rattling around in his head, you know, because, I don't know, you can't put the one-year war in two hours. I'm not even sure where you'd put, like, the end of a two-hour movie, you know, as far as the first few episodes of 0079.
1: Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, and if you were going to do the one-year war, or I should say, if you were going to do the, the original story, you know, the Shar story yeah, in movie format... The movie trilogy that was already a compilation of the of the anime series is already the shortest you would want to go, right? And that's that's already three movies. So to get those three movies, which were already condensing forty what was it forty two episodes down yeah. into one movie, that just seems like a terrible idea. So I thought about that as well. I, in my mind, you don't hire Brian Vaughn to just straight up adapt the whole thing in two hours. He's either doing something original. Meaning, like non-UC, you know, just let's do a live-action universe, or he's doing some really nuts side story, um, which could be cool too. I, I just, yeah, I agree. I, you're, I don't, you're not gonna fit the whole thing in in two hours, if unless unless it's, this is part one, and and they know they're gonna make three of them or something, and they just yeah. haven't told us that yet. But I, I find that highly doubtful. You know what I say? This
0: movie becomes the redemption project of G. Savior and live-action Gundam movies. <laughs> like he needs to prove that it can be done well. He's gonna make his own story. Maybe it'll be in the UC. Maybe it won't. Whatever. Maybe it'll take place after G. Savior, <laughs> for all we know. But um, I think he sh- he should do his own story. So sh- so should the uh, the the writer. Just because they'll have so much more room, you know, a blank canvas. Do your own story. It has to have a Gundam. That's it. Here's your budget go do it and it's going to stream on netflix in like you know 13 months so yeah i say they do that and i'm very optimistic it will be a unique story if it is done if it's a retelling of the one year war i think it's going to be very hard to stick
1: the landing if you were redoing the one year war in two hours what part of it would you do or or where would you end it because or, or would you go all the way to the end or would you try to end on like a cliffhanger no
0: i uh, you you would have to compact the story and make it like the gundam leaving the colony getting to earth maybe a few battles and the final battles like odessa and you kind of frame it as oh the earth is liberated you know roll credits yeah i feel like you might
1: even have to just skip earth wow
0: okay how does that work though? <laughs> we don't know see
1: you, you might have to go get the the Gundam and go right to uh the bawa Coop. so oh, wow,
0: God, that's so much to- i in mean a two hour, yeah
1: yeah that's that's so that's so short but you only got two hours right, and I that's if you that make a two hour film i mean do you really have two hours or do you really have an hour and a half and or hour forty yeah. five
0: yeah that's true i no Uh, you'd have to kind of readjust the story then you'd have to say okay we're starting on earth you know a few battles we go into space final battle
1: roll credits yeah and you'd have to already start with a highly trained pilot i maybe yeah or you do like a montage (laughs) (laughs) i know man like in a
0: rocky movie or creed yeah (laughs) <laughs> you play that South Park uh, montage or the uh, the Team America montage music. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a montage.
0: <laughs> Show lot of things happening at once reminds everyone of what's going on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Taking odds, do you think the do you think the film will have a training montage? I hope not. <laughs> 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 with like the
0: the Gundam song in the background or something? Yeah, with like, like you know, of
1: the
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Isla> Tiger. <laughs> I really hope they don't. Like what are they gonna show? Oh, they're gonna show like him in a simulator, right? Yeah. Like he at the start of the montage he's doing terrible and like you know, the bright Noah's like come on (laughs) 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 Come on, kid, you gotta target more (laughs) His
1: trainer will be Sylvester Stallone.
0: Yeah (laughs) You gotta get up (laughs) Throw (laughs) another punch at the (laughs) Zaku
1: Oh boy. So my initial reaction was I was happy about the director once I figured out who this person was, but I was mostly disappointed, to be honest, that it's not going to be a theatrical release. Because to me, that already makes the fi- the film feel smaller and like less of a spectacle. But I recognize that that's yeah. a su- subjective opinion. But the reason I think no. that way, <laughs> and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, but you know, I, I don't remember where I first heard this comparison. We've made it here on the show multiple times, is that to me... Gundam is Japan's Star Wars in terms of like level of pop culture uh, relevance and just kind of it's what everyone knows and, and, and loves. I'm not yeah. saying that everyone loves Star Wars, but you know, as a whole, I would say that the US film going audience for the most part loves Star Wars. And Star Wars was fueled by fans who remember the Death Star exploding in the theater that first time. They don't remember the, the Death Star exploding on their phone or a tablet. Or a TV, <laughs> and so I'm just worried that if you were looking for that kind of franchise to take off, I don't know that you're going to get it by putting it on a streaming service uh, amongst the thousands of other things to watch on Netflix.
0: Wow, Brian, I think you you, <laughs> you really cut the legs off the <laughs> the cautious <laughs> optimism. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, think about I what mean,
0: it's a good point.
1: Yeah, you watch a lot of Netflix. D- do movies on there feel more? disposable rightly or wrongly than they do when they're in a theater.
0: Maybe. But then again, I haven't been in theater in a long time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's hard for me to uh, measure that. Uh, But you make a good point though. I mean, yeah, Netflix movies are definitely smaller, right? They're Netflix. So a Netflix production, it's not bare bones, but um, we don't put them to the same standards for sure. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. so. So it's interesting you bring up standards. So, one thing we talked about a lot on our last podcast about the movie was about budgets and how COVID was probably hurting the budget. And yeah. Sunrise and Legendary, I'm sure by doing this move, they're trying to make sure that this film reaches the largest possible audience. Uh, and right now that's Netflix. I mean, they have well over 200 million something subscribers uh, you know, worldwide, which is huge, right? I mean, if you put this on Netflix, like overnight... That many people have access to it and can watch it without paying anything extra. So again, that's great. The, my only concern then is you know, that the movie is going to be made for Netflix and it's not necessarily made for a theater, I would assume. M- maybe they'll make it just like they would a theatrical film. I don't know. So then I started to think, okay, well, what, what does the data look like for budgets of Netflix originals? Here's where I'm hoping you can help me, Isaac, because I have not seen most of these films. Do it. So what I did was I, I went and found the budgets for all of the uh, Pacific Rim films and all of the MonsterVerse films, which Legendary has put out. So this is Pacific Rim, Pacific Rim Uprising, Godzilla vs. Kong, Godzilla, uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, and Kong Skull Island. Because again, Legendary is making this, this film uh, along with Sunrise, uh, now with Netflix. So I figured those are probably the more the most comparable theatrical titles that we could expect. So the budgets on those range. This is probably before marketing, but the budgets on those range anywhere from 150 to 190 million. Okay. Okay. So if you add in marketing, you know, for for a theatrical release, it's going to be more than that, depending on how how much you want to market. So then I went through a list of Netflix originals, and I picked out what I thought were notable Netflix original movies, and I looked at the budgets for those. Yeah. Uh, ones I thought were notable were Cloverfield Paradox, Bird Box extraction the old guard project power and army of the dead so bird box was the lowest at 20 million wow and then the rest of them were 45 to 90. okay so those are markedly lower right yeah than the theatricals then there's another tier though so then i was like well those are the ones that i just thought were notable what are the most expensive um netflix original films <clears throat> so i found some different lists online they were fairly consistent but it's it seems like the foremost expensive were six underground which costs 150 million but that was directed by michael bay so i'm sure 50 million of that was on explosions Mm -hmm. (laughs) and white sparks (laughs) (laughs) and white yeah (laughs) and and like bumblebee for some reason have you seen six underground isaac was it worth 150 million dollars
0: i don't think i saw it is that the one with ryan reynolds
1: yeah ryan reynolds is in that one six individuals all from all around the globe each the very best at what they do have been chosen to delete their past in order to change the future. Something, something, something. (laughs) Of course. Okay. So 150 million. That's more comparable. Uh, You have the Irishman, which was directed by Martin Scorsese. Mm. That was 160 million. Wow. Okay. Pretty up there, but I mean, Scorsese. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, so far you see what's happening, right? The the bigger directors are getting more money. Yeah. for, for, for whatever reason, whether it's from Netflix or from, yeah, you know, whoever. Record, yeah. whatever. Uh, then we have Red Notice, which has not come out yet, but that's at $160 million, And that's starring The Rock, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds. So I'm assuming most of that is probably salary.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then we have another something else called The Gray Man, uh, which is being made by the Russo brothers. So those are the, the brothers who directed the Avengers films and uh, the Captain America films. And that's starring Chris Evans. So you can see that those four movies are much more expensive than probably most of Netflix's other films, but they're also backed by either a star director or really huge stars. So, you know, that gives you an idea. So those four films, Netflix's most expensive films, are comparable to the MonsterVerse films and Pacific Rim. Now, I would say that Pacific Rim and the MonsterVerse, while big budget they're also not as big of a budget as say you know the avengers films or batman versus superman or something like that so with that in mind where do you think the gundam movie is going to fall do you think it instantly catapults to top five like for example because we were saying okay it's got it this thing's got to be 200 million right right given the number the amount of effects of effects and things you know it's probably closest to like Pacific Rim right because it's in the fu- it's going to be in the future mm. you need to have the mobile suits the original Pacific Rim was 190 Maybe. the second the second Pacific Rim was 150 yeah i would argue that it showed
0: i'm going to actually say that it's going to be 100 max i just just because it's on Netflix now i don't think you're going to get a big screen budget on the small screen on the stream screen
1: i think that's a fair assumption hopefully they give it more but this is something that in my mind no matter how good of a story Brian K. Vaughan and John Vote Roberts come up with, from like a pure effects perspective, they could be limited based on what, you know, someone is willing to pay for this film. I forget the listener's name who mentioned it, but he was you know, he was very adamant that they would have to create everything from the ground up. <laughs> <laughs> and even the mobile suits. <laughs> <laughs> As, and so that is a valid concern. Hopefully they, you know, either spend enough money or find a good way to do it to where we don't notice maybe if they only spend a hundred million. The only thing I'm skeptical of is just that if there was a way to make a two hundred million dollar movie for a hundred million dollars, everyone would be doing it, right?
0: Yeah, I just I, I don't see why Netflix would put so much well not necessarily Netflix, but I don't see why so much money would go into something that's gonna be streaming compared to, you know, the numbers we see for Back in the day, what used to be uh, big screen movies. There's no reason to do it, you know.
1: Yeah, I agree. And for reference, I did look up the budget for Death Note. You want you want to guess on that one? Sixty to eighty. Forty. Oh God. (laughs) We're doomed. (laughs) Yeah. So it depends on what people view it as, right? If you're Netflix, do you view this as a live action anime adaptation, and you give it fifty million? Or do you view it as equivalent to your Scorsese film and your Michael Bay film and your The Rock film and your Russo Brothers film and you give it 150? So that's why I think your guess of 100 is probably fairly yeah. good because it's probably max. somewhere in the middle <laughs> of those two, right? So I don't know. We'll see. And, and, and again, these are all, I mean, a lot of these figures are from like Box Office Mojo and, you know, I don't know where people are getting their info for Netflix, but it. I'm not saying they're exactly right, but I'm I'm guessing that the magnitude comparison holds true in that generally Netflix films have a lower budget Mm -hmm. than theatrical films. I don't think anyone would argue that. So, you know, when someone says, oh, I'm worried that this is going to be on Netflix, I think it kind of comes down to the budget because that affects every part of the production, you know, who you can hire.
0: We were a little, um, I don't know, I don't know if we were smoking when we, well, no, (laughs) no. What I'm trying to say is, when we made our uh, our dream casting, do you remember that episode? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we were clearly under the assumption that this would be a big, you know, Hollywood movie. But now that it's a stream movie, I, I imagine we'll see some very familiar faces we've seen in Netflix movies or Netflix series.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we also casted it, assuming, though, that it would be a, a big budget blockbuster theatrical release. And also, who wants to tie down their fan casting, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we're we we we're living in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Now we're living in the reality, Brian, that this is going on Netflix. It's got a good director, a good writer, so it might be good, but it's going to have a Netflix budget.
1: Yeah. But, I mean, our um, guess of 200 before is actually fairly comparable to the other stuff that Legendary has put out in this vein. Yeah. So if, if it had stayed theatrical, I think we may have been a little bit closer. It's a pity it's actually not going to be on the big screen.
0: You know, I think we both... Feel that, and now we just have to be glad that it's happening in some form. We'll see how it actually comes out. I guess as screenshots start getting released and trailers and stuff, we'll finally be able to get like a taste for it and be like, oh, okay, you know, this actually looks good, or we'll be like, oh no, they death noted it. <laughs> and then, you know, from there we'll we'll watch and we'll report back. <laughs>
1: I guess what I'll say is like you, I'm cautiously optimistic. I have no doubt in the ability of the writer and director to deliver a good film. Will the execution be on point? I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Will it become the the phenomenon that we think it could become? Definitely not sure on that one. But again, I you know, I, I guess this this love for theatrical films, maybe that's just me being old. Maybe new fans don't care about theaters anymore. I'm not sure. I guess we'll find out in you know, as the months go on and and theaters open up again and see if audiences come back. Godzilla vs Kong did fairly well. I think domestic box is already at seventy five, which during COVID is pretty good. I had no idea
0: some theaters were open around us, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm eager to go back. There's some big movies coming out. I definitely want to see like Dune. It's gonna be awesome in theaters, but um. Yeah, it's it's too bad Gundam can't be on that
1: list. <laughs> yeah, maybe Netflix will make an exception and put Gundam on a theatrical release, but I doubt it. <laughs>
0: or it'll be one of the best Netflix streaming movies ever, Brian. <laughs> Netflix will decide to create a whole series and release it in theaters.
1: That could very well be true too. You know, they Iron I- it instead of Death noted it. They Iron it, Ooh, and now the public yeah. can't get enough Gundam. <laughs> I mean, that's what we want, right? Yeah. You know, not that Brian K. Vaughn is is listening or not that John Vilt Roberts is listening, but we we hope that you just knock it out of the park and and uh and start start the Gundam phenomenon in the United States.
0: Make it a home run. Even if you have to do your own story or set it in our timeline or I don't know, just mm-hmm. take the first few episodes of Gundam, whatever. Just just make it great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would say overall, I don't think people should be too upset at this news because if you if you just take a step back it's a great time right now to be a gundam fan relative to other times uh in the last 20 years right right now you have a full-on big budget gundam live action movie being made being like actively made not being talked about being like it's gonna happen you have three universal century movies coming into theaters and and into you know dvd over the next what two three years hathaway's flash you've got the the, the live action gundam build real airing i think they just started another like gundam sd show uh airing i, I don't know if it airs on youtube or, or where but that's four like active gundam things happening i think that hits all notes and there's all kinds of merchandise for you to go pick through so i i think relative to other times other years being a gundam fan this is a great time regardless of maybe that movie doesn't go well but Optimism. Uh, what did I what did I say the other day? Uh, hope springs internal <laughs> <you> So <laughs> I'm hopeful. And what did you say, Zeon? That's all Zeon has is, is yeah, hope. So Zeon
0: only runs on hope. I mean, no matter how many wars they lose, they always come back. So we should take the same approach. <laughs> this will, you know, it, it, it G Savior crashed into the ground. We need to hope that this one flies. And if it does crash into the ground, I think we need to um maybe we'll end up
1: appreciating as a so good. It's bad or so bad. It's good. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see what happens.
0: Fingers crossed.
1: (laughs) So that leads us into our, like, I don't know. I'll call it the second half, the second topic of this episode, Isaac, which was supposed to be the original topic for today's episode. And then this bombshell of a news thing (laughs) came out and sort of changed our plans. But I think it it blends nicely together. uh, Like you said, so, our original topic today was going to be should you set a Gundam film in our timeline and kind of anything around setting a Gundam film in our timeline, the what ifs and the consequences of that. And to me, this doesn't mean in our timeline, but in the far future, which is arguably Universal Century or straight up in double O, which I think takes place in like 80, 2300 something. I think when you when you asked this question, you, you meant more like in our near future, right? In our near future, in the past, I mean... Yeah, within the last 20 to 30 back and forth year, you know, forward, back, Pretty much.
0: Yeah, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, could you do a Gundam series in our timeline if, like, this Netflix series came out and they are like, oh, we're not doing anything, UC or, you know, whatever. We're going to try to get, like, maybe fans that aren't necessarily into Gundam, but maybe into, like, military history or something. We're going to get them really on our side and do something that... You know, if you saw it, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's a that's a Soviet mobile suit or something. I guess I should watch or like, oh, it's, you know, it's the Gundam, you know, fighting in, I don't know, <laughs> against China or something.
1: Our discussion quickly devolved into like a worst case scenario, if I remember yeah. correctly.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, a war on terror Gundam or something. Yeah. I'm not sure it can be done right, but at the same time, I wouldn't fault a director and a writer for trying and seeing, oh, okay, well, this will translate. Well, like it'll be, you know, the war on terror just ended. We'll have like war on terror, mobile suits fighting and people will be able to relate. And, you know, everybody will watch it. Cause everybody, you know, like war movies
1: and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. That the, the pitch for that would be oh, a war movie, but with robots, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's just like, Oh, the, the cold war, both robots. <laughs> right. And that, that works in the eighth MS team because that pitch is a war movie With Robots, but within the universal century which is already established if you just do an army movie in like today's timeline With robots and call it Gundam. I think feel like that would be very different You know, I don't know that that would be very Gundam at all
0: I guess what we're really saying is the actual writer and director for this Netflix series Like would we want them to do this to do it in our timeline Brian?
1: My overall answer to that is no and let me explain how I got there I think there are at least three problems that you would have to deal with as a writer director if you wanted to set Gundam in our timeline today, like within the last either 20 years before or after today or maybe even 50. So the one one is scale. So like far future stories like Universal Century or just really any any sci-fi s- story in the far future always has this benefit of sort of fiatting like the necessary manufacturing capacity to create these massive space battles. Right. You can just say, oh, well, we colonize space and um, when we got up there, there was so much more material and the asteroids, and we made all this stuff. But if you think about, like, would we be able to make a space colony today? No. We, suck at <laughs> we still really suck at space, right? I, I mean, we're, we're getting a lot better, but we still suck at space relative to where we would need to be to make Gundam happen in terms of the, the space colonies and the, and the repeatability and sophistication of space travel. So I think scale and space are are big things that you'd have to deal with if you set it within the near future or even the past you'd have to basically get rid of the space element i think what do you think about that
0: you'd have to yeah i mean unless you do like i don't know sort of a 20 minutes into the future and for whatever reason you know there's at least one colony or something like you know oh the world put aside its differences and built one colony or something Ooh, like that, that could be yeah 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 and then like oh you know Xeon is actually like you know A group of rebels that are kind of in the colony or something around the world. You know, it's not like a whole group of colonies or whatever. But um, I actually think it'd be wrong to do like a a Cold War type Gundam just because I don't know, you'd be going back and then like it'd be the Soviet Union versus the US and I don't know, the technology I think wouldn't age too well as we backdate it. So yeah, Yeah. you, you would have to go forward and either make your story smaller and say there's like only one colony or like maybe a couple, something like that. Or um, you actually do have to do the UC, just just to grab the fans' loyalty, and also um, you know present it pretty much in the prepackaged story that we already have.
1: Yeah, I think if you go back and do a Cold War story where where the U.S. and its allies are fighting Russia or China, I mean, I think we've seen that story enough. It it's Red Dawn with like
0: zakus that have, you know, hammer and sickles on them and like the Natal countries with like their own little <laughs>
1: flags or something. Right. And I mean that works in G Gundam because G Gundam isn't the main Gundam series, right? G Gundam is like the dessert that you eat after watching real Gundam. <laughs> but if you lead with that, I don't think it'll work. In and, and I think you can do that Cold War story with anything. I mean just you can do that story, but you don't need Gundam to do it. You could use a different vehicle i don't think you need to slap the gundam franchise name on on a cold war story when it doesn't even involve space colonies or or anything like that i mean i would argue that space independence is one of the key plot points to gundam like that's that's yeah. part of what makes gundam gundam and if you get rid of it uh and it doesn't have to be space colonies it could be mars like in iron-blooded orphans right yeah maybe that's an easier way to do it in, in a film mars might be more understandable maybe I mean, Mars is in the news a lot, you know, so. That's true. But,
0: I don't know, we'll end up with, like, Age Gundam. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true.
0: Right, where Mars was the threat. You know, spoiler alert. <laughs> 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 it's been out for a while. Um, one thing I wouldn't want to <laughs> see, though, is, like, World War Two Gundam. I feel like that'd be really mm. weird. You know, we'd see, like, a bunch of Third Reich Zakus and I don't know. I don't know. That w- It wouldn't make sense. At that point, we're dealing like uh, with diesel technology. So, like, a diesel Gundam, no, that doesn't really work. So, I, yeah, I don't think a Gundam story in our timeline can work.
1: I would read a World War II Gundam as, like, a, like a manga. I don't think if you're going to spend this much money on a film that you should be doing World War II Gundam. Yeah. I think you need to aim higher, right? You need to aim higher and you need to aim closer to Universal Century Gundam.
0: Right, and, you know, the Xeon are close enough already visually that I think at least the American audience will be like, oh, okay, we see the bad guys.
1: (laughs) Right, like point taken, right? Yeah, Yeah.
0: you you don't have to do it in our timeline. It doesn't have to be, you know, War on Terror Gundam with, you know, Zaku's blowing things up for us to understand that, okay, Xeon's bad and, you know, the guys in primary colors are good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we don't want to end up in this, like, jingoistic... (laughs) like you know we don't
0: want the final battle to be like the gundam carrying the american flag yes on like a beam spear and like it stabs the red zaku that was like threatening to blow up the world yes (laughs) a gundam story needs to be completely on its own or it needs to exist based on what we've already seen in the uc alternate universes timelines that kind of stuff our timeline even if the the writers were like, oh, you know, in the oh god, I, I have a bad vision in my head, Brian, of like the opening crawl of like the Netflix going to be like, in the in the coming years, you know, robotic technology advances at a breakneck pace, mm-hmm. you know, na- nations nations build mo- giant robots called mobile suits and wage war, you know, the future is dark and barren, <laughs> and then, and then like they just show like I don't know the planet under climate change and like the bad guys are, Zaku's and they're like taking the resources, you know, they're accelerating yeah. climate change. And the you know the good guys had to stop them and help the environment or something like that. yeah, <laughs> and it takes place in you know, twenty forty one. We'll be like oh god, come on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's what Brian K. Vaughn is there for. I mean, he has really good character development. It, you know, like especially with Why the Last Man and uh, Saga. There's a lot of world building there. So I mean, he he definitely has the ability to create something on a mass scale that would make sense for this universe. And you know, climate change is is a more like Hot button topic than overpopulation today, so maybe in this universe the impetus to for creating the space colonies is like you said climate change. You know maybe we fast forward a hundred years and things are not going well. You know and maybe cities are underwater and 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 things like that, and so people will have to figure out what else to do, and we go to space. So that could be a good way to adapt the story. I don't know, make it feel more go. relevant. Yeah, and then yeah, you know, getting Mars in there that that could be a real a real thing too especially with that the director was wearing that tecadon patch <laughs>
0: oh well he's just gonna do a mashup where like the earth federation has to fight Tekkadin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't worry listeners Tekkadin will still charge in headfirst and they will yeah. still get destroyed by uh, okay. what were those things called the um, dane sleeves dane sleeves yeah oh, <laughs> oh
0: man <laughs> god they are fire from orbit god, that was such a good series it was good it was good i mean i wouldn't mind seeing that live action i just don't know if you can do that in two
1: hours you know you need like i don't know two three hour movies three three hour movies (laughs) i think time is the real enemy of this movie given the scope and the scale of gundam you know gundam's a a big thing and it, it survived it was built on 50 episode ish tv series for a long time right right you don't have that in a in a film you know you you've got a guaranteed hour 45 and then after that a certain amount of your film audience will start saying the film is too long but it's not as if another half hour is going to get you the rest of the story either it's a holistic time problem you know realistically if you were adapting you know 0079 you could probably get to earth in 2 hours
0: yeah or less i suppose i mean
1: like, comfortably, like, where if someone gave me that assignment, I'd be like, yeah, I could do that. You'll just skip some things, but you could get to Earth in two hours you for sure. Just make it, yeah, make it where they immediately get to Earth after the
0: colony's gone. You know, destroy that colony in the first 20 minutes, get to Earth in 25 minutes, and then afterwards you have, like, I don't know, 30 minutes on Earth, 45, and then wrap up the story with a space battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, know, yeah, oh, you're trying to do the whole like thing. That. I
1: was thinking that you would end the movie on Earth. Oh, okay. Like yeah. a battle at Jabra or Odessa? Jodessa. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just combine them.
0: <laughs> the Federation base is under attack, and then by defeating it, Zeon forces are forced to leave.
1: There you go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're, you're battling expectations, right? Because if you say, I'm going to make a Gundam movie, everyone's expecting you to do, they want to see Amuro versus Char, right? Yeah. But how do you, how do you give them Amuro versus Shar in two hours?
0: He has to fight like Amro three times. Opening battle.
1: Right. Midway battle. And then a
0: final battle.
1: Correct. One where Char wins, the middle is where they're more even, and then at the end Amuro wins.
0: Yeah. It writes itself. <laughs>
1: the thing that fits in two hours though, Isaac, is the eighth MS team style side story. That's what fits in two hours. Where you begin your movie, you don't have a whole lot of introduction. You know, you just, oh, okay, we're launching. And they you know, they get in the suits, and they then they roll out, and we kind of jump into it. But, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't know how you do the whole thing in two hours. We'll see.
0: I just hope it's done well, whether it's a new story or not, whether it's part of 0079. And we we just enjoy it. If it is a train wreck, Brian, may it be the most hilarious train wreck have <laughs> ever seen. And we just laugh, making memes out of it, <laughs> just posting them. The clips, the gifts that will come from it, we'll, <laughs> we'll 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 make um we'll spin that straw into gold. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So from the Colony Drop team here, Brian Kavan and John Vote Roberts, we believe in you. <laughs> Please do your best. <laughs> Whatever you do, do your <laughs> best. This has
0: to be a home run. <laughs> we're relying we need, on you. Yeah. You know, we need redemption for like all the souls that were
1: lost at G Savior. <laughs> At this point, I got to think they've watched G-Savior, right? They it Just as, like, research? I, I hope they did.
0: If not, should we, like, send it to
1: them? <laughs> <laughs> please
0: just don't yeah. do this. It just says, please open. They're like, oh, <laughs> unad- their assistants are like, it was unaddressed. Um, there's no return address. It's it's just G-Savior. <laughs> and then the, the next
1: day they leave the project. They're like, yeah, yeah we, we can't slay this dragon. <laughs> it's too <laughs> powerful. <laughs> yeah. So, listeners, you know, let us know what you think of this new announcement are you excited that it's on netflix are you hesitant that it's on netflix what do you hope the film is going to be about do you hope it's going to be about universal century something original or maybe some other alternate universe uh, no matter how you know not likely that may be i think given that we now know okay now that it's on netflix i think maybe people's opinions may shift on some of those topics
0: i think we all just want to to smile at the end of the movie. <laughs> whenever <laughs> we see whether it's Amaro or other characters or I don't for all we know it's gonna be from Shar's perspective you know <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> who, know, cool. who knows what they've got on their sleeve you know if you ever read Why the Last Man it's it's quite the story
1: <laughs> yeah yeah Why the Last <laughs> Man's great like <laughs> if nothing else you know now you've heard Brian K. Vaughan's name and you can go read all of his good comic books
0: Check out everything and then even check out anime live action movies <laughs> just to prepare yourself for what might happen.
1: <laughs> so I've not actually seen the Death Note movie. Well, I really enjoyed the the series, though, particularly the first half. Uh-huh. What was real bad about it?
0: <sighs> the writing, the pacing, um, some of the acting, a lot of the dialogue, how much they changed the nature of the characters, the ending itself. Um Wow was well, good voice lot. acting. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll to tell you, buddy. Uh, if you got time this weekend, check it out. You know, it's a short watch. I, also, it's one of those movies where you can kind of put on and then, like, I don't know, do something on your computer. Oh your ouch! Phone, <laughs> I don't know, cook dinner and fold some clothes, whatever. But <laughs> oh just, boy, yeah, you'll you'll see for yourself, and you'll be like, wow, this is about what I expected. <laughs> 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 I also massively disagree with one of the casting choices, and you'll see why.
1: <laughs> mm,
0: interesting
1: <laughs> yeah well again yeah. <laughs> we're cautiously optimistic take us out isaac
0: follow us wherever you follow your favorite podcasts and don't forget to like comment subscribe leave a review if you want and before you go to sleep tonight stand next to your bread get on your knees put your hands together look at the ceiling and hail Zion.
1: and pray that the gundam movie is good damn it yes that too
0: pray to dagwin the great dagwin
1: everyone needs to go hang a picture of dagwin in their room and pray to it every night
0: he's watching out for you he's making the big decision with his great (laughs) dagwin mind
1: (laughs) all right everybody take care stay safe out there
0: see ya bye